welcome to Avid Travel with Britton Frost. I, of course, am your host, Britton Frost. Today we are joined by Catherine Bonner, the Senior Vice President of Tauk. And I know Tauk as a river cruise company and a tour company, but Tauk is also an ocean cruise company. They do small ship ocean cruises. So that was something that I was really kind of excited to learn, but also surprised to learn um, because I hadn't really heard much about these cruises. But after talking to Catherine, I've realized that, you know, these sailings are in pretty high demand. They book up easily and um, they offer a really great um, selection of itineraries and 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 more. So you'll hear about that in just a second. But before we get into it, I do want to do a little bit of cruise news. So as we talked about a few months ago, MSC is entering the luxury cruise sector. And they have finalized the contracts for four new vessels to be delivered. Those will be delivered between 2023 and 2026. But that is some pretty big news. We also have Silver Sea, who has opened booking for their 2021 Expedition World Cruise, which we've talked about quite a bit. It's something that Ralph and I are both pretty excited for, Um, a super cool concept for world cruising. And last but not least, bookings have opened for Crystal Endeavor's 2021 Expeditions. Um, You can check the blog on our site for more information about those. Um, And as always, you can check the blog for recent cruise news, uh, keep up to date with certain information. Um, But without further ado, we will go ahead and get into our interview with Catherine Bonner. I hope you all enjoy it. And yeah. Hello, everyone. I am joined again with Catherine Bonner from Tauk. Um, she is the Senior Vice President. And a few weeks ago, she did join me to talk about river cruising. If you haven't heard that podcast yet, I will link it in the description. But today we're here to talk about something that you may not know about. And in, in fact, not Catherine, you, my listeners. Um, in fact, I didn't know about it until recently, which is Tauk's ocean cruises, small ship ocean cruises. So that is going to be exciting, but uh, how are you doing today, Catherine? I'm doing very well, and it's a gorgeous sunny day here in Connecticut, so mood's definitely up. It's about time, right? Yes. Well, there's still snow on the ground, but it's getting better. Okay. So just looking up from here, hopefully. Yes, absolutely. So I want to talk about your small ship ocean cruises because 2018 marked the 25th year for you all. So they've been around for a while, yet a lot of people don't know about them, um, but you do great business with them. So can you kind of just talk about, you know, what the ocean cruises are and um, how you market them and, you know, why maybe a lot of people haven't heard of Tauk doing ocean cruises? Sure. So thank you very much for having me this afternoon. Um, It's just a delight to be talking to you again. 
<clears throat> and, you know, yes, Talc has been in the small ship cruising business for over 25 years as part of um, our overall tour and cruise um, portfolio. And, you know, what we say is that some destinations are just better seen by a combination of land and sea. And that, that's a guiding principle for us in developing um, some of these small ship cruises. Um, first of all, the Talc family um, is a family of sailors and cruisers. They live here in Connecticut, many of them, and um, have always had a love of the sea. So I think it came naturally to develop this part of um, the overall Talc portfolio. Um, you know, we've been offering Galapagos and some Greece um, cruises and uh, Mediterranean for now a, a good long time. Um, and one of the key ingredients in small ship cruising has been the partnerships that we've had. Um, we've used Metropolitan and Windstar, but I think most heavily Penant. And um, Penant's been uh, a partner of ours for the entire 25 years. Um, and they're a French company that specializes in small ship cruising. And, you know, I should say, Britain, you know, people have different definitions of what small ship cruising is. Um, and in some magazine, travel magazines, you might even see um, ships taking a up to 1,000 passengers are classified now as small ship. Um, for us, it's really um, vessels that take 300 or less passengers that we classify as small ship cruising. Um, and we like the small ship cruising because you can cruise to um, ports of call that you could not get in um, in a large vessel. Um, you couldn't, certainly you couldn't um, dock um, quayside. You might have to tender in, or you might have to skip that um, port um, altogether. And one of the great examples was a, a cruise that we've had in our portfolio for the entire 25 years, which is a Western Med that goes from Nice to Malta or Malta to Nice. And it's a seven-night itinerary. It's on Le Penant, which is a 60-passenger sailing vessel. Um, and it goes to places, little islands like Ponza and Lipari. Um, in Italy, it goes to the island of Corsica into Bonifacio, which is a small harbor with these beautiful ramparts on either side, and goes to Elba, places that people normally would not go to. Um, they're just too hard to get to, or uh, it would be very difficult to do this um, um, by yourself. And so it's a beautiful week itinerary in the med, um, going to these places you certainly wouldn't go to on your own. And that's really the, the foundation for developing small ship cruising at Tauk. And I did want to kind of circle back to something that you were saying where you talked about that you use Ponant ships. So just to clarify, and I think you did a fine job of this, but Tauk doesn't own any of the ocean cruise ships that they use for these sailings. Um, you charter them, I guess? Yes. Yeah, so um, we have always looked 
for partners. We are not, um, we're not, we don't have a nautical team on board um, here at Tauk. We don't have um, hotel staff. It's just as, as when you book a hotel, um, you don't expect the tour company to own the hotel. Um, well, for us, you wouldn't own the, the, the ship either. We look to, um, to partners to do that. And Penon has been a, a great partner since the beginning. Um, you know, they were developed by a group of merchant marine sailors who came together and built their first boat, which was Le Penant, um, together. And then they've grown that um, to an amazing cruise line. And, um, I mean, I guess you kind of made a great example with saying you wouldn't expect a tour company to own the hotel that you stayed in. So what what are the advantages? I assume that one is that you can put more effort into the actual tour itself instead of having to work with training the staff and everything like that. Um, but what are some of the advantages of working with these partners instead of having your own ships? Well, the... The biggest um, advantage is that you can cherry pick the destinations that you want to offer. If you had one ship, let's say, um, how could you offer Antarctica, the Med, Japan, Alaska, um, the Great Lakes all in one year? Well, you couldn't because you can't move a vessel that fast from one location to another. And a, look, uh, a vessel that might be great in the med might not be so great in Antarctica either. So it really allows us to, to look at a world map, um, to look at places that our guests say that they want to travel to, and then be able to, to match the right um, hardware and the right um, ship to the right destination. And these, these ships are generally pretty full, aren't they? These sailings. Yes, and I, I would say that one of the um, the key limiting factors for us for many years to grow this product line was finding the right um, vessels. And we, we've been so fortunate that Penant has grown a lot in the last few years and um, started started really building um, in earnest back in starting in 2010. And um, they've built four what I would call Boreal-class ships that take 260 passengers. And now they're in, in the midst of building six expedition vessels that take about 180 passengers each. So that's 10 new um, ocean-going vessels in the last nine years. And um, that has really been a key to our growth. Before then... Um, we were really, really um, hard-pressed to find hardware. We work with Windstar, um, but until recently, that's been pretty limiting to their three sailing vessels. Now, of course, with their seaborne vessels, there's a little bit more opportunity there. But we also look for um, itineraries that will repeat several times. And a lot of cruise companies move their ships from place to place, of course, um, for their own purposes, for their own guests. Um, but we like, for instance, offering Iceland. We'll do eight um, departures this next year. And so, I mean, speaking about itineraries too, you're doing 21 sailings this year. 
And how many will you, or excuse me, not how many, but what are you looking forward to doing in 2020? Because I know that you have some new ones coming for next year. Yeah, and when you talk about 21, that's 21 itineraries, not 21 departures. We have a lot more departures than that. Um, but And so part of our journey um, putting together this small ship portfolio has been a combination of offering enough inventory to um, allow our guests to be able to get on what they want, be able to book. Um, and that's been a frustration, quite frankly, since we first offered Iceland in 2010 that is sold out every year um, well in advance. In fact, it's usually almost sold out before the brochure comes out because people know from year to year that they've got to book in advance. And um, so I think now, so part of my challenge has been to make sure that we have enough inventory to fill demand. And um, so now rather than having two or three departures for Iceland, this next year we're offering eight. Um, So that's part of the growth strategy. Um, Another part is, of course, offering more choices. And um, this this year we have a new Scotland itinerary that goes from Edinburgh around to Glasgow or the reverse with the Orkney Islands, um, Inverness, some great little ports, again, that you can get to because you're, you're on a small ship. We also brought back Great Lakes. Great Lakes was um, an itinerary that we offered in, I think, 2002 to 2004, Um, The vessel we were used was um, no longer available, Um, so we rested that for quite a while. We brought it back. Um, It's, I think, sold out completely for 2019 um, and is well on its way to being sold out for 2020. But it's um, departures in the fall at a beautiful time um, between Chicago and Toronto. Great itinerary. we also offered Spitsbergen, um, and first you have to listen to where Spitsbergen is for a lot of people, which is off the coast of Norway, near the Arctic Circle. Um, it's a place where you can see a lot of wildlife in the summertime, um, polar bears and walruses and lots of birding there as well. Um, and that's something people have had a lot more interest in polar types of Um, itineraries in the last few years. Um, We have a partnership with BBC, and so we have, um, sometimes we have an expert on board. Other times we um, offer uh, vignettes that they have put together of special kinds of videos that um, are just done for our guests alone. And I know that last time when we talked, we just said that something um, that Ralph said when he did a Talc River cruise was just that the tours stuck out so much to him and just that cohesion from the land tours onto the ship and it was so seamless. Um, and I'm assuming that you get the same experience on on the ocean as well. Yes. Yeah, so although we're talking about itineraries and I can love to talk about itineraries all day, um, it's what Talc brings to um, the party is our destination expertise. 
the fact that we're a touring company and we've been developing these land products for 90 plus years so that we put together and choreograph an entire experience. And we think about um, what the discovery briefing should be in the morning before you go off and tour or the special lecture that gives you um, a hint of what the day is going to be like and what birds to look for or what wildlife or what your um, kind of cultural experiences are going to be. So, um, you know, looking at what a typical day might be, you start off with maybe um, a lecture by um, one of your TAUC tour directors or one of the other experts on board, depending on where you are. Um, you'll go out and do some sightseeing with a local guide. Maybe you'll stop for lunch at a winery um, because if you're out touring, we don't always bring you back to the ship for lunch. If we're out and about, we'll keep going, um, all included. We'll meet with locals. Maybe you learn if you're on the Japanese um, itinerary, you'll learn how to do some Japanese drumming, which people really love, or go to a tea ceremony. Um, when we're in St. Petersburg, you'll go to a champagne reception at the Yusupov Palace, um, which is where Rasputin, I think, met his demise um, many years ago. So there's a lot of special kinds of um, discoveries that are built into all of these itineraries, the same as we do on river or, or any of our land itineraries. And I think it's funny because I remember last time when we were talking, you were just talking about these experiences and I was like, yes, yes, that sounds great. And now I'm feeling the same way. So it's just like, now I want to do this. Now I want to go to Japan and learn how to drum, you know, and (laughs) (laughs) just things like, I mean, all of these experiences sound so great. And I know that a lot of them are unique. Um, And you talked about, you know, the relationship that you have with the companies that you work with for excursions too, and that you have these great relationships, which allow you to do things that other cruise lines can't. Yeah, because I mean, certainly we use some um, local destination companies, but we also do a lot of um, feet on the ground, looking, talking to locals. Um, You know, sometimes I've used a book on, where wedding receptions are to, to find great places to have a special dinner. Um, so we, we put a couple of years of um, investigation into a new itinerary that we put together. And um, then honestly, we take our tour directors who are going to run that particular itinerary on two um, departures, uh, training trips, before we ever take a guest on with us. So there's a lot of training and learning that goes into sort of behind the scenes before Tauk puts a product out. And this is circling back a little bit just because you said guest and it reminded me. Um, But, you know, as I said, these sailings are maybe something that not a lot of people have heard about these ocean cruises. But as as we said, they do very well. So who are you seeing on these cruises? Are they mostly um, people who have done land tours or river cruises with you and, and repeat customers? Or do you see a lot of new Tauk customers? Or do you? is it just kind of a mix? Um, well, the short answer is a mix. But um, in the past, 
it's first been previous talc tour takers because they would um, learn about the new itineraries first and they jump on board and um, often um, take up the uh, usable uh, inventory. Um, as we've been able to expand our product line, we've been able to attract more new first-timers to talc, which is also terrific. And um, I should say the benefit of having some great travel agent relationships has helped grow this product line quite a bit. Travel agents who might have sold um, a land product with talc first or, the, or a riverboat and then um, saw that we offered small ship as well. So um, it, it's kind of mixed. What I do find is that um, we kind of divide our cruises into two camps. Um, we call some of them expeditions and we call others cultural journeys. And the expeditions are more what you'd expect with wildlife and nature, things like Iceland, Alaska, Antarctica, Galapagos. Um, I mentioned the partnership that we have with the BBC. And then the cultural journeys are more um, in line maybe with what someone might typically expect from Tauk, Japan, Australia, British Isles, the Mediterranean, those types of itineraries. And what I find is that guests who have taken um, our exotic products, um, and exotics at talc means everything that is not North America or Europe, tend to gravitate towards the expedition. And um, people who, not surprisingly, people who have maybe journeyed more to Europe and are more of the culture vulture types who are looking for more museum experiences and that sort of thing go for more of the cultural journeys on small ship cruising. But you did mention this. There has been an influx of people interested in expedition cruising as well. Um, you see that with the introduction of, you know, a lot of new expedition ships from other companies. Um, we were doing an interview with travel agents from Cruise Specialist the other week, and, and they were saying that they've booked so many more expedition cruises for this year. So it's it's nice that you made the distinction between those. But I do think it's interesting how many people are starting to do expedition cruising. Yes, I think that um, what happens um, is Antarctica, for example, used to be a destination that um, was only available for not certainly not luxury cruisers, very basic kinds of um, hardware, you know, the old sort of Russian icebreaker ships that have been redesigned for um, cruising to Antarctica. So, and, and so I think a lot of people sort of shied away from that type of experience. And now you, you can have luxury cruising and Antarctica can go together in the same sentence. Um, and I think that is uh, attracted more people. I also think that, um, dare I say, global warming and um, the idea that um, the landscape is going to change has also caused people to be interested in going to polar regions. And we've seen a lot of uptick in um, people who very much want to experience those destinations and see that wildlife now. 
It's so funny that you brought that up because we just talked about that in a podcast about expedition cruising, about how, you know, things might change so much in the next 30 years that you might not, you might not be able to experience it the same way. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I've been to some places doing glacier walks, and it's not that long ago that the glaciers were places where you can't see them now. And uh, shifting gears for a second, I do want to talk about um, the inclusivity, which you mentioned a a few minutes ago, that these tours are all inclusive, maybe not a few minutes ago, quite a bit earlier. But um, what all is included in the price of this ocean cruise? Um, What's included is certainly the cost of the cruise itself. Sometimes there's included land pre and post. It really depends on the destination um, for example, Iceland, it, we do offer um, included an early um, uh, over. It's not really an overnight, but an early morning in a hotel before you, so you can freshen up and take a nap before you get on. Um, because most of the um, arrivals into Reykjavik are at um, you know five o'clock in the morning. So we book that for our guests, and then they get on the cruise. Um, other places, there might be two or three nights in Athens before a Greek cruise, all included, so the hotel is included, and the sightseeing, land sightseeing is included before or after the cruise. And then once you get on, all of your um, sightseeing, all of your excursions are included. We have one talc director for every 30 or 40 guests on board, all the local guides are included and all the gratuities have been paid um, for everyone. The local guides, the motor coach driver, the tour directors, um, and all of the shipboard staff as well. Um, there are no port charges. There are no NDAs. Um, your beverages are all included. Um, your transfers from the hotel to the pier or hotel or um, airport to hotel to the pier are all included as well. Yeah. And, you know, my dad was saying that, um, you know, if you have to go to the bathroom, you guys would give them money to do that too in, in Europe, you know, just the small things like that. Oh, yeah, because not everybody has Florence. Exactly. Exactly. So it's it's those little details, too, and the all-inclusive price that are that make your product special. And I do want to talk, too, about family travel on these ocean cruises. And in my notes, I wrote that, you know, if you haven't seen children aboard, that's okay to mention, too, because some people don't like to travel with children. So do you see families on these cruises or children on these cruises? I know that on your river cruises, you have the bridges programs, which are itineraries, which are geared towards children. I didn't know if you had something similar. Um, well, we have a very popular Galapagos trip that we offer um, we offer in spring break, all through the summer, and then in December as well. That's for families. <clears throat> and that includes um, a pre and post night as well as your Galapagos cruise. That's really the only one that we have now. We're looking at um, a couple of developing some new ones. We, we have to find the right vessel for children. It has to have, you know, the right configuration of cabins, 
um, and um, have the right onboard activities. And that's been um, a little more difficult in the small ship space. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And let's, I mean, let's say that there was a family of four who were willing to book two rooms, that one for the children and one for the adults or something. Do you have an age limit? Uh, generally speaking, eight. Okay. So um, same as the, the same uh, as the river cruises then. Yes. Yeah. And we do see families um, on products like Iceland, not little children. Um, I think um, teenagers and older teenagers, a trip like Iceland is wonderful uh, because a lot of outdoor activities, a lot of um, being out with nature and, um, you know, where you tend to lose kids is in um, sometimes in museums. Um and there's not as much of that in Iceland. So it's much more of an active outside type of experience. Where you may be the only group. Yeah. In uh-huh. some situations. So. Yeah. yeah. Well, is there anything else that we're missing that you would like to talk about? Well, I want to mention for um, 2020, we do have two new um, small ship cruising products that will be um, coming out in about two weeks, so you're getting an advanced um, peak. Um, one of them is a Mayan culture and natural wonders. It's 10 days and includes Mexico, Honduras, and Guatemala. And what's great about that trip when you want to see Mayan ruins like Tikal, we include those on charter flights. Um, so not only is the cruise included, but also... Um, the day flight to get up to Tikal and back, for example. Uh, and that, we have a couple of departures um, in January. And then we have another one that I'm really excited about. It's Lisbon to London, and it includes um, Santiago to Compostelo, Bilbao, San Sebastian in Spain, and Bordeaux in France and the Guernsey Islands before um, finishing in Portsmouth. And I have not done that exact itinerary, but I've done a very similar one on Silver Sea. And I will say that it is one of my favorite cruises that I've ever taken. There is just so much to see, so much to learn. Bilbao, you have the Guggenheim. I mean, that is a fantastic itinerary. Well, it's definitely something I've been dying to do. I haven't done it either. I've um, certainly done other end, but not the middle. And um, we also take folks on a a tapas evening um, off the ship when we're in Spain. Um, How fun is that? Yeah, yeah, in early morning at Bilbao. I just, I think it's going to be absolutely fantastic. Yeah, sounds like it. If you need a companion, let me know. I'll go (laughs) with y'all. I'll share a room with you. (laughs) Excellent. I'll sleep on the balcony if you need me to. Um, so that's that's it for um, something new. I mean, we have. Uh, I'm actually working right now on my 2021 deployment. So um, there's always something new in um, on the planning sheet, but nothing to report right now. And as we said, that was exclusive to my listeners. But we will, of course, also post that press release with it. When we get it on Avid Cruiser, so keep an eye out for that. Yes. Thank you so much for joining me today. 
Well, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure talking to you as always. Absolutely. It's always fun. Thank you so much for joining me on Avid Travel with Britain Frost. I hope that you all have a great week and I'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.